Hello and welcome to Structured Finance in Focus, a Fitch Ratings podcast that takes an in-depth look at the latest developments across the global ABS, RMBS, CMBS, CLOs and more. My name is Ben McCarthy. I'm Managing Director at Fitch Ratings and head up the analytical team for Asia-Pacific for Structured Finance and Covered Bonds. On today's show, we'll be discussing Fitch's global housing and mortgage outlook for 2024. Today, I'll be joined by Kevin Kendra, who's the head of Fitch's America's RMBS analytic team, and by Alessandro Piggy, who's the head of Fitch's EMEA RMBS analytic coverage. Thanks for joining me, Kevin and Ali. Thank you. Fitch has recently published its global housing and mortgage outlook for 2024. Today on the podcast, we'll touch on some of the highlights of that report. And if you'd like to find the report in full, you can find it on our website at fitchratings.com. There are a few key themes coming out of this report related to house prices, interest rates and housing affordability, and mortgage performance outlook for 2024. Uh, We might go through each of them in turn. Kevin, maybe I can start with you. What's the outlook for house prices in North America? Sure. Well, house prices in the U.S. have... um have befounded us a little bit. Um, we started the year thinking that house prices were going to be flat to maybe up 3%. We're now expecting them to end the year around up 6%. We're reverting back to our 0 to 3% expectation for, for next year, for 2024, um, with a slight uptick in 2025, moving to about 2 to 4% increase. We certainly have been at an elevated level, and we consistently see Home prices are just stubbornly increasing since the pandemic with due to the supply and demand constraints that we have in the U.S. And Ale, for Europe? Yeah, the views for Europe are similar. Uh, so we also got surprised by the performance overall in Europe uh, if you exclude some countries. But we believe that strong labor markets and a very limited supply, new supply in the core mortgage markets um, are preventing home prices to drop. So broadly, we have a stable to mild increases across the across the, the seven countries covered in the report. Uh, France is an exception where we believe that the current deterioration is due to continuing 24 uh, due to stricter affordability constraints you know provided and provisioned by the regulator and a lack of demand um, versus prior years okay and in in asia pacific we cover three countries in in this report um australia china and japan and they've actually um, they vary quite a lot australia has a very similar trajectory to the us and europe where house prices have have way outperformed their expectations they're up nine percent for this year and we continue to expect them to rise going into 2024 by low single digits, um, I think four four or five percent, based on the high immigration uh, on post-COVID basis and also uh, limited supply. Uh, China's slightly different. China's house prices are falling. Um, As many people would know, there's there's been a bit of a property crisis in China. Um, House prices are already down roughly 6% over the last two years. We expect them to fall Another another five to seven percent in in twenty twenty four, um, so significant falls there in Japan. House prices have been fairly flat, but we're expecting interest rates to rise for the first time in a long time, which we expect should should lead to um, minor falls in house prices. The big takeaway from this report is the distinction between those countries that with long term fixed rates and those with with variable rates, and. The extremes being the US with 30-year fixed rates and Australia where all loans are repricing 
virtually monthly on a variable rate. Ali, similar in Europe, can you give us the takeaways on affordability in Europe? I mean, affordability, if you look at interest rates, clearly um, part of Europe is almost uh, entirely floating rate. And then you've got the UK, which is fixed rate for short period and refixing um, to a higher rate uh, or to whatever the prevailing rate is. Um, so those countries clearly have, you know, are bearing the brunt of the of the increasing rates. We believe that uh, for, in, for for instance, for the UK, uh, there's still a bit more to go because um, a lot of people are 165 billion of, of, of mortgages due to refix next year in 24. Uh, so there's going to be a bit more of a headwind there. Whereas the other core countries in Europe covered in this report, and I'm referring to um, Germany, Netherlands, and France, they behave a bit like the US. So people have fixed 20, 25 years. Um, during very benign period, uh, broadly speaking, in amortization, in amortizing borrowing. So by the end of, you know, they're not, they're not going to refix anytime soon. And when they need to refix, presumably their loan balance is very different from what it is today. Thanks for that. And Kevin, for the North America? Yeah, so what we see in the U.S. is predominantly the 30-year fixed rate mortgage that you mentioned. Um, I would say that um, the of the existing um, inventory that we have outstanding, most of them, most homeowners have a mortgage rate um, under three and a half percent. So I think the weighted average is around three point seven percent for the existing inventory. You know, they, that creates that golden handcuffs kind of scenario where, you know, if you're in your existing home, the incentive to move is actually quite low because you'd have to get a mortgage rate at the prevailing rates at seven and a half percent, and so. That increases obviously your your mortgage financing costs. So what we see happening in the U.S. very um, low existing inventory coming to the market. You still do have people moving, but again, it's very low relative to historic standards. Um, that's keeping home prices elevated, and that that impacts affordability. Yeah, you know, we're expecting interest rates to actually, or mortgage rates to stay at the uh, six and a half to seven and a half percent range for next year and dip down a little lower, that might unlock a little bit of the existing inventory and bring home prices down a little bit. So that's really what we're seeing as, as part of the, the the impact for the U.S. Not only is it uh, impacting potential new home buyers, but it's impacting existing home buyers who may want to downsize, relocate to a different, area, uh, different region of the country, et cetera. So we do think that with a drop in um, in mortgage rates, hopefully we'll see a little bit more supply coming onto the market from the existing inventory side. Okay. I mean, there's some great charts in this report, um, on particularly on interest rates that show, uh, one shows the, the interest rate on the outstanding portfolio and, and one shows the, the interest rates on a, on a new mortgage. And you see that interest rates are largely rising everywhere. But in terms of the outstanding portfolio, you see that particularly those with fixed rates where the average interest rate is still very low. Um, for APAC, Australia is what is the outlier where virtually 100% variable interest rate market. And so the two are happening at the same time. And we've seen interest rates rise more than 4% in the last 18 months. So go roughly from you know 2.5% to 6.5%, which on a 30-year amortizing mortgage means payments are up 50%. And so that's going to have a an impact. We'd expected that to have an impact on house prices. It hasn't, but we do expect it to have an impact as we go forward. But again, limited supply means that property prices continue to move up. Just the last thing I wanted to talk about was the mortgage performance outlook, maybe a quick forecast on performance for 2024. Um, Kevin, can you give us the 
North America view? Well, we're at historic lows um, on uh, you know serious delinquencies or, or arrears in the mortgage market. So you know we are coming off of a very very low base. We do expect an uptick to about two 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 point one percent. We're really what we've started to see is within the non QM product, the non qualified mortgage product in the U.S. Um, we're starting to see. The mortgages that were originated in the second half of 2022, when interest rates were rapidly rising or mortgage rates were rapidly rising in the U.S., we saw originators starting to open the credit box a little bit. So we're starting to see some early weakness um, from that cohort. But a lot of the other outstanding mortgages that we have have benefited from a large amount of home price appreciation over the last three years. Any mortgage originated you know, prior to uh, 2021 has benefited from a large degree of home price appreciation. And that that borrower equity is really kind of holding fast. So we still think that the U.S. borrower is still going to be strong. We do expect some people to be impacted by some some upticks, potential upticks in, in unemployment. We are seeing some regional differences in certain parts of the, of the U.S. So we're expecting a small uptick in arrears in the U.S. Um, and we're particularly looking at the mortgages that were originated in the second half of 2022 where we saw some loosening of the credit box. We've since that since seen that credit box tighten back up again, but we certainly just, that's that's the area that we're really looking at. Okay, and Ali, the forecast for Europe? Yeah, so uh, the picture overall um, is um, reflective of the situation of, 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 on interest rates. So countries where uh, there's a, a large um, exposure to floating rates or short-term refixes, this is where we project the highest uh, increase in arrears, but similarly to the US from very low levels. Um, so we have increasing in, in later is from 20 to 50 basis point, uh, which in some countries is a fairly hefty number, but considering that the starting point is broadly close to zero, uh, the end point is not particularly concerning, but certainly the message is an increase. That increase is also visible for countries where uh, um, people are locking in rates or have locked in rates for longer, but uh, much less. So the, the projected uh, underperformance in Netherlands, France, and Germany is, is you know, much smaller. Similar to the US, we have some pockets of risks. Uh, in the UK, there is specialist lending, so um, you know those that um, are trying to just open up the um, their toolbox in terms of getting more uh, more borrowers in uh, may face some 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 underperformance uh, already into the next year in the floating rate markets. Uh, I'm thinking of South of Europe exposure to vulnerable or, or weaker borrowers, uh, maybe first time buyers is 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 uh, is a niche that we are we're looking closely to. Okay, and in APAC we've got mortgage arrears or late stage arrears. In Australia and Japan, rising marginally over the next year, again, from very low levels. China, we've actually got the mortgage risk being, being stable. In all three cases, the unemployment rates are, are very low and very stable. Um, and the economy, the projections for the economy are relatively strong. So we're, as I say, the expectation is that arrears will rise slightly, but, but not much. Thank you for your insights, Kevin and Ali. This is a very data-rich report. And I encourage people who are interested to look at the report, which is available on FitchRatings.com. You've been listening to Fitch Ratings Structured Finance in Focus podcast. To learn more on our ratings and research on structured finance or to access Fitch's Global Housing and Mortgage Outlook report for 2024 referenced in this podcast, please visit us at FitchRatings.com. Please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.